0: In this episode, we'll be speaking with volunteer Jamie Barr. As a chapter volunteer for the past 28 years, he's seen it all. From granting wishes to assisting at fundraising events and even seeing staff come and go, the one constant has been purpose. Here is
1: Jamie Barr.
0: Welcome to the Wish House Pod. How do you feel being one of our first guests?
1: Oh, that's an honor and also pressure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, let me tell you, let me tell you something. It's you are, you have the, the special distinction of being our longest tenured volunteer at the chapter.
1: Seriously? What do you think about that? Yeah. Longest tenure. Uh, you know how uh, many years uh, you've been volunteering? You know, I've never had, Denise always knows the exact date, but it was the early 90s. I know that around 92, maybe. You are right on my
0: friend. You were start, you started on January 22nd, 1992.
1: That's unbelievable. And what yep. is more unbelievable is that we did it with all volunteers. It's amazing we're still here knowing that that's how we started. Like, we were able to get through that somehow. It wasn't easy. Absolutely,
0: yeah. And for those that, that are listening in for the first time and are just kind of getting to know our chapter a little bit, we are, we're celebrating our 35th anniversary, which means that we were established back in 1986. So you were just a few years right after we had gotten everything off the ground for the most part at least getting incorporated and kind of formalizing things but you were part of that first kind of wave of volunteers that came in during the very early stages of our chapter so you have a very uh special experience because you saw truly all the growing pains for us as a
1: chapter right oh absolutely i mean it's crazy to think how we did it back then i mean now the staff is amazing By that, at that point, we were doing it at the seat of our pants, really. There was very little organization, but it's an amazing feat that they were able to get it done and and really get it started.
0: Yeah. And it's funny you say that because I was going back because I I like having some background. You know, obviously, I've known you forever, but, you know, I like to have some, some statistics to share, you know, because they're important, like your start date and things like that. And one of the things I wanted to go back and find out was how many wishes you worked on. So, you know, I, on record, you're on paper down, at least in our database, for over a little over 70 wishes that you've worked on over the course of the past 28 years. But there's a lot that you did prior to us really keeping closer records of volunteer um, time dedication that they were putting towards wishes. So, you know, rough number, you know, how much more would you have to do? Do you think you do you remember granting over
1: 70? I must have. When did our chapter start with the actual? Staff.
0: So with the staff, um, would like, like actual paid staff. staff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. I know when we hired one person, that was definitely almost around the same time of when you started. I think it was um, maybe five years after we were established. So maybe like a year before you, you started was when there was – Yeah, like I a, probably a single worked on five other person. wishes. Okay. All About. right. So let's just say 80. Let's round it up to 80 because you let's were around that. 74. So I'm going to say you have the distinction of granting 80 wishes <laughs> since 1992.
1: Oh, that's something. That is How do you something. remember all
0: of them? Do you, do you think about I remember a lot ones? of them.
1: Oh, I remember a lot of them. Certain ones really stick with you for great reasons and for sad reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I do remember like a lot of them.
0: Would you be open to sharing some of, you know, happy and some maybe not so happy, you know, experiences? Just to give some context, because I think one of the things we're trying to accomplish with this podcast is kind of giving, shedding light a little bit into the behind the scenes work that volunteers are doing day in and day out that most people don't see. I mean, they see the end product, which is a, a happy child, happy family, experiencing this life-changing, you know uh, you know, opportunity, right? So what we're trying to do is kind of peel the layers back a little bit, tell us a little bit on your experience as a volunteer working on wishes, and what are some of the takeaways that um, you feel others that maybe are thinking about volunteering can really get out of your experience, kind of seeing both sides of it?
1: Well, I would say I would encourage anybody to get involved in wish granting because it not only changes your own life from a selfish perspective, it absolutely, gives you a whole broader perspective on the important things in life but for the children and the families it's a complete game changer i mean you're making wishes come true for children that have gone through hell and back and and so the fact that you're you know improving their life we've heard families and kids say they've actually gotten better after a wish, it just uplifts their it uplifts their life, and that's a major thing to say. That's a big, big thing. And and
0: when when you think about that, you know, do you feel that you know you're part of a, a puzzle, right, in creating the wish experience? Do you feel All like part. major part you know it's you qualified. are the face you know for, for those again that are listening in and, and are trying to find out ways on volunteering and what wish granting is like i mean wish granters are truly the face of the organization to the family um, right because most of the time but families they don't necessarily always know all the staff members that are working at the office what they the people they know are those that are visiting them in their homes you know pre-covid right, right? now you know which i also want to delve in a little bit with you because you're one of the first volunteers that we've talked to that has kind of seen, you know, wish visits from, you know, early stages in the, in the early nineties to, you know, where we've developed it over the years and then where we are now, which is right. this post this like during COVID pandemic virtual visits. So, you know, I want to table that for now, but I'm curious, okay. you know, if you can share a little bit about, you know, just, just your experience of seeing that growth of, um, of the chapter you know throughout the years and seeing how it's changed your your interactions with families and and just your own personal experience as a volunteer
1: right well when you start volunteering you want to do everything for the family you want to just agree to whatever they say you want to do it Mm -hmm. and in the very early days when we didn't have a paid staff i had a wish family where the boy first was thinking about getting a computer And somehow it changed to a trip to Israel for a family of 10. And I remember thinking they actually did it. They actually did it. And I thought I'm going to be the person that's going to bring down the chapter before we're even starting here because it cost a fortune. Um, We've built now where we have serious rules and regulations where something like that would never happen again. And so... The organization that we have now is just tremendous compared to, you know, how it was in the early days.
0: Yeah. And I'm happy you mentioned that because, you know, one thing that also people don't really know is that, you know, we are a chapter of Make-A-Wish, but Make-A-Wish as a whole has a has a national office. And so right. a lot of, you know, our policies and guidelines that we follow as a chapter are really handed down through our national office. So imagine, you know, the national office was just being established in 1980. So, you know, you're looking at only, you know, 10 years later, you know, them still trying to figure out also what, how we're going to be granting wishes, you know, what does it look like, you know, and things like that. So, you know, we right. all have been growing as an organization for the Forty plus years, um, and you know you have seen things. You know, I'm right. saying you've seen the growth and you've seen how wishes have kind of changed. You know, do you recall any wishes that you saw a lot of back in the early '90s that
1: now no longer kind
0: of are granted?
1: Well, that's one I think is uh, you know a trip to Israel um, at this point, anyway. Um, I think I did an African safari once. And I'm not sure if that's still uh, a possible. We have
0: granted some African safari wishes recently. And, and to kind of go back to your point about Israel. So, you know, Israel being one of the countries that, you know, is, is it, in addition to many countries that we're not allowed to send families to for, you know, safety reasons and concerns. Um, that is something that we always are looking at, though, as a chapter. We're always looking at you know, can we grant these types of wishes in the future? Can, can we grow into those things? And, you know, I can say that we are always looking at the possibility of granting wishes like that. And obviously if right. within our mission and, you know, there's more layers to it with asking the child, um, kind of delving into the why they chose this wish, that it's not just the blanket, I want to go here, but why, right. what's moving you towards that? What do you want to feel when you're there? And, and right. those types of questions that you're trained on as a wish grantor, you know, yes. do you think, can you think of anything, question-wise, that you find that you get a really good response from wish kids or families when you ask it?
1: Well, the kids are always the ones you want to hone in on because a lot of times, you know, other members of the family are trying to steer things one way. Um, So you really have to focus on the wish child because you want it to be, you know, absolutely their their choice. Um, So... So that's something, I mean, I always focus on kind of trying to tune out when it comes to the actual choosing of the wish and really just hone in on that wish child and and have the antenna up to be prepared.
0: Yeah, that's what we call, (laughs) exactly. And that's what we call, you know, getting to the heart of the child's wish is really, like you said, honing in and kind of getting to know the child. What's kind of motivating their decision to choose that particular you know, wish or wish category and things like that. I mean, right. one of the things that I haven't mentioned, but it's, you know, we know this because in, 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 we work within, you know, Make-A-Wish, but, you know, others that are listening and may not know this is that when we go visit kids, it's always paired up, you know, it's always two volunteers that right. are going to visit the kids to help kind of balance things out so that one volunteer can maybe work a little bit more with the child. The other exactly. volunteer can maybe work a little bit more with the parent. Exactly. So over the years, you've worked with numerous
1: partners Many Any partners. standouts? Any highlights? Well, yeah. well, absolutely. I do have one special favorite, and that was my dad. Um, getting him involved in Make-A-Wish was the greatest thing I could have done. And then he started doing wishes with me. And that's probably my favorite memory, It's having him in this amazing experience to share. You know, that's indescribable, really. You got to tell him,
0: you got to share with those that are listening in a little bit about your dad, Rob, because he was one of the first ones when I started back in 2007 to receive me with open arms. Um, He he didn't call me Abe. He used to call me Babe. And I never corrected him um, (laughs) because it was, it was, perfect you know that nice. when i think of your dad that's what i think about and he was such a special man i mean and he also started volunteering in his 70s if i
1: remember yep. correctly that and is I- absolutely correct but he had this youthful way about him he never acted like he was 70 he always acted like he was 20. so absolutely. it wasn't even like he didn't even think twice about helping out and joining and volunteering it was just like again as soon as i mentioned that you want to do this i don't even think i finished the sentence and he was like i'm on board let's go that's awesome. And, and he, would, he would also volunteer at events. He wasn't just a wish grantor. He also you know, did a lot of events and he just loved the organization. You, you were know, one of his all-time favorite people.
0: Yeah, he was one of my favorite volunteers. I mean, when, like I said, when I, we, when I first started, you know, he made my job a lot easier because he was always you and you as well. I mean, this goes hand in hand because you both always were open and willing to go wherever the child was, wherever they were needed. Yes, we, um, and did, we did some trips to Sullivan County, and we were all over the map, actually. Yeah, you, de- you definitely, you know, gained some mileage on the car yeah. uh, driving around. So um, worth it, though. Yeah, what, what motivated your dad to kind of volunteer at that time of his
1: life? I think it was a combination of two things. One, and the biggest reason, was he saw what I was doing for all those years. And so he loved what I, the stories I would come back with. far as this wish child wants to go to Hawaii this one is meeting Hannah Montana he just loved it so when I asked him he was like all on board really he was ready to go so
0: and and, and also it wasn't just your dad that you brought in you also brought
1: in well I was gonna say that both my sons actually did things so my older son did one or two wishes with me Sean Mm-hmm. And my younger one, Brandon, was uh, your, probably your greatest intern that you ever had. Working Absolutely. In the office, and one he the was an amazing Elmo with the walkathons as well. Yes. And for,
0: yeah, so, you know, kind of spoiler alert if there's any children listening in on the podcast, you know, we do have volunteers that um, participate and dress up as characters at, uh, at different functions. And Brandon was definitely one of our best Elmos <laughs> ever. <laughs> Um, he did a great job. I mean, it's one of those things we have to make sure they're hydrated throughout the entire event. Um, the only benefit is that the the walk usually takes place now during the fall, so it's not they're not like sweating up bullets in there. Right. But uh, right. but still uncomfortable right. to get into and get out of at the end of a long you know shift exactly. of uh, you know exactly. cheering on kids and stuff. So yeah, right. thank you so much for for sharing you know your dad with us and oh, Brandon and Sean with us. I mean, because it truly has touched me, it's touched everyone at the office to see this multi-generational, you know, volunteering
1: that's happening with the with you guys at the bars. Oh, I totally uh we love the organization. Yeah, of and all then, of us. And then you also have your brother, Mike, who's and Michael does a, is right. It was about it was probably about 15 years ago where I said, why don't you he has a band, he plays locally, and I said, why don't we put together a little gig and proceeds go to Make-A-Wish. And we really had no idea what we were doing. We actually ran out of food. And I had to go run out and get pizza in the middle of the event. We were complete novices. But we did raise a lot of money. And 15 years later, he's still doing it every year. And we're trying to figure out a way to do it this year, you know, virtually, so we could keep it going and raise some money as well.
0: Yeah. And special shout out to Michael and Lori, because they supported us also for the Stars at Home campaign that we just had, which was right. our kind of first foray into virtual events during this time of you know COVID-19. And, you know, they supported right. us. They did a great song. Um, it was it was perfect. And, and honestly, it's one of those things that we're happy that they participated in because they were one of the ones that I was hoping they would because they do right. such a great event every year. Um, so to see it then, to have this kind of archive of a of a, a performance, you know, it's great because then that's something we can share la- later on down the line. So shout out to them because right, they are absolutely. a great duo.
1: No, I, I, as a volunteer for so long, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that it was, the whole family now is completely involved in Make-A-Wish. It's just a great, great thing. Absolutely. It really is. And,
0: and I'm curious, I mean, just to kind of go back a little bit, you know, we yeah. talked, kind of glossed over a little bit when you started. It was in the early 90s, but what prompted you to want to volunteer at that time of your life? Because you were. Right. You
1: know, so at kind of that college. time, in, in, in the late 80s, mid late 80s, I started volunteering at Memorial Sloan Kettering on the pediatric floor. Okay. And that was an amazing experience. I mean, it was intense, but it was beyond rewarding. That really, I can't describe in words. It was amazing what those kids went through and how persevering they were. And to see it like on the front line was amazing. And after doing it for quite a few years, I would see kids coming back and talking about these wishes they would go on. And I really didn't know anything about it. So I would, you know, listen to them and tell me they would tell me stories of the various wishes they went on. And I'm like, this is a great thing. Because I was ready to move on. I had my son, Sean, he was like a year old. It was tough to keep going to the hospital every week. Um, And I'm like, this make-a-wish sounds like the perfect transition for me. I could still be involved with all the kids and their families, but, you know, I'm more on my pace um, and not quite as intense. And so it really was the smoothest transition and a perfect transition, actually, from Doing that to joining Make a Wish—that's fantastic.
0: And you know, so you first heard about Make a Wish from the Wish Kids themselves when you were volunteering right. at the hospital. Um, what's it? What's kept you engaged all these years, almost thirty years, bro? You have been volunteering with us. What's <laughs> kept you connected to us? You've seen so many transitions, so much—you uh, know—all so the staff turnover over all, you know, almost three decades worth. You know, what has kept your you know, kept you going as a volunteer? Because I think those that are listening in are, you know, that are volunteering, they're maybe a year in, two years, and they're excited about it. You know, what do they have to look forward to, you know, 25 years from now, someone like yourself that's been volunteering all these years?
1: Right. Well, it never gets old and it always stays fresh. Like you're always meeting these amazing families and you are literally making their lives better in a very difficult situation. You can't do that in life on normal ages. You can't do that. Maybe Mm -hmm. certain professions can, but Make-A-Wish gives you this ability to really make a difference in, in child's and children's lives and their families' lives and make it better. And it's the most rewarding experience. I mean, I would recommend anybody to at least try to join this organization, see what it's like. You will never look back. You will never look back. These families are amazing. Every experience is different. It's new, um, and and it just never gets old. It really does, and I just love it. That's awesome. Now I know it's hard
0: because again, you worked on. You know, we're we're saying eighty wishes since you started. Uh, can you pick one that is kind of like your, you know, your standout happiest, most joyful wish that you ever granted? That maybe you didn't expect right. it to be as joyful.
1: Right. So there really is so many. That's such a tough tough. question after all these years. But I will tell you one that comes to mind. It was about five years ago. Uh, My wish child, Stephanie, only wanted to meet Angela Bassett. We've never had anyone ask to meet Angela Bassett. So I just thought this is going to be the smoothest, easiest thing ever. And Time would go by and we couldn't find Angela. We couldn't get in touch with her. We couldn't get the contacts to make this happen.
0: Yeah, and, um, and I'm going to interrupt you real quick because, sure. you know, for those that are listening in, just the behind the scenes of how a wish works. So once you identify what a wish is with a, for a child or once the child shares that with you as a volunteer, you take all, you take that wish and you complete some paperwork and you submit it to the office. Our next step then internally is to then you know, kind of figure out okay, what is the wish? Is this truly the child's heartfelt wish? And then, if it's a wish like what Stephanie was asking for, which was to meet a celebrity, we then escalated to our national office, where there's a sports and entertainment team at our national office that helps kind of make some of these connects, you know, with the celebrities, people. Right.
1: So I just well, wanna But make that, that also sense. that also brings me to one other point, just to go back a little bit. Yeah, in, in the old days when we were volunteering, we had to do all of that. We had to sure. contact the agents of entertainers. We had to get the tickets to airlines and book the hotels. I mean, we did everything. It's now so sophisticated a system. Thanks to people like you, the office really takes so much of the load off the volunteer's shoulders that it just makes the whole wish process run much more smoothly. That we can really the... focus on the families and the children, and the office really does, you know, the, the hard paperwork and, and the arranging and, and all the behind the scene details. It makes the process so much better.
0: Yeah, and I was just going to ask you, did you, did, you re- did you feel that by having you focus more on the wish, by taking away some of those logistics of it, Does it help you connect even further with your wish kit? Right,
1: absolutely. It takes out so many distractions of things that just made it, you know, not more difficult, but more time consuming. And so it did take away a little bit from from the things you could do for the family because you really had to do everything. So it's just such a better process now. It just little by little over the years, it just got better and better. Now it's really perfect. But getting back to Stephanie, National was having a very hard time you know, finding Angela. And um, so they were very kind after, because I would say to Stephanie, is there anything else you want? This would go on for like a year. You know, she liked, I knew she liked other entertainers. So I, you know, I would say, well, maybe this one or that one. She did not want to change her mind. She wanted to meet Angela Bassett, which blew me away. It's like I say, nobody had ever asked to meet her. So National was nice enough to let me try to you know find a way to reach out to her because it was difficult and we finally did uh, get angela and she started with a facetime call to stephanie and on that facetime call she said i'm gonna come visit you and sure enough um, it still took a while but six months later angela came to uh, elizabeth seat children's hospital to meet stephanie and um, i've never seen a reaction on a wish child like that in all my years i we were worried because she was so excited and we wanted to make sure she was going to be okay. Uh, She couldn't stop crying with joy and Angela was amazing with her. As a matter of fact, we were all in the room for a while uh, myself and, and, and some of uh, Stephanie's close uh, contacts, but then, Stephanie kicked us all out. She's like, can I just talk to Angela alone for a while? And we all marched out of the room and they were in there for a good 20 minutes just talking, you know, person to person. And that really stands out to me. Not only because it was an amazing wish, but Stephanie now has become a friend of mine where she calls me and I will call her pretty much like every week. We talk and FaceTime and, and we've kept everything going. So, you know, that kind of does stand out to me a little bit. Although there were so many, as I say, I could mention, I could go on and on, but this was a special one.
0: Yeah. That, that, yeah. That wish was one of the ones that, you know, kind of seeing it from, you know, behind the scenes and knowing all the challenges that come around with just celebrity wishes in general, there's always those additional, those just extra steps that we need to be taken to ensure that everything runs smoothly and everyone understands, you know, how it's all going to, you know, flesh out pretty much. And, um, and, and it's great that you've been able to stay in contact with, you know, Stephanie over the years. I mean, I know that's one of the things that also has evolved over time with, with Make-A-Wish, where back in the day, you know, it was very easy to stay really close with, with Wish kids and families. And then there was a period of time that, you know, we kind of try to keep a little bit more of a boundary, more of a perimeter, right. and trying to um, give the family space, you know, during the time of when their Wish was granted and also afterwards, you know, letting that kind of breathe. And then, you know, because there was always a no strings attached policy with wishes. So it was always whenever they want to come back to us, we will welcome them with open arms Uh, and that would happen from time to time. But most of the time we would never hear from the kids again. And I think now as we're looking at it, you know, in present day, now we're having a resurgence of having of wanting to reconnect with families and wanting to reconnect with wish alum and seeing how they're doing, seeing how we could you know further cultivate those relationships you know, in in different ways. So I think you've seen it, you know, from the beginnings and then kind of when we kind of got a little bit more strict on things and now we're kind of slowly loosening up those restrictions again, as far as just keeping boundaries are always there, but as far as just like enmeshment, I guess you can say, is probably a good way to look at it where it sometimes gets a little bit too, too close.
1: But I will say that that was a very good policy when, when it did, when, you, we did say kind of keep your distance after the wish, because mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person where I want to always stay in touch and reach out to everybody and be close. True. So I needed to be shown, you know, you have to have boundaries because some families, you know, have to be respectful. They don't want it. It's a difficult time, and mm-hmm. so you, you know you kind of have to be careful about that. But you're right. And as time goes on, it does seem like it's more open, um, and and families most families do seem receptive to wanting to stay in touch with us because it's such a great experience for them. Yeah. And,
0: ba- and back in the day, you know, we had families that would write letters to us that the kids would draw pictures to, for the office. And you fast forward it to now and now you have all these care pages and you have groups on Facebook or, right. you know, you have, or you, or you have like a, a somebody that creates an account on Instagram to follow the treatment journey for the child. And you know, make a wish really sees itself as a part of the treatment process. So yeah, a child may be diagnosed with a critical illness, but then you know obviously there's a, a medical journey that they're going through. But a part of it is also this the journey of, of regaining their spirit and hope again during this period of time that's very difficult for them. And that's where we find that make wish really pairs up nicely with the treatment process because it does give them that 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 boost that that child needs during that period of time and not just the child but also everyone around them family absolutely extended family right
1: absolutely like we just granted a wish where the boy wanted a baby grand piano which when he said it to me i thought this will never happen Uh, (laughs) but make a wish of the hudson valley they made it happen and he did get a steinway baby grand piano no less and he was getting operated on um, the week before he was getting the piano. Um, so this really gave him something to be so looking forward to during what would have normally been just a difficult time with nothing to really look forward to. So, and we do that all the time with Wishes, where p- kids go through difficult procedures, but knowing they have this down the road really does lift the spirits for everyone in the family, too.
0: Absolutely. And, and, and I'm, I just because I don't want to forget, you know, one of the things I want, would love for you to share a little bit about is how is granting wishes now? You know, we're, we're, we're in the midst of a pandemic. You know, we had to pivot our ability to grant wishes back in March. So we went through about a two, three week period where when everything got shut down in mid-March, we were re, we were kind of figuring out a strategy as a chapter. What are we going to do next? How are we going to continue to grant wishes and raise funds? You know, during this period of time, you know, we had to reevaluate in-person events. We had to reevaluate, you know, how, you know, not putting volunteers at risk by sending them into their into homes that we don't know what, what was there. So with that said, how is it for you as a volunteer pivoting from in-person events, excuse me, in-person wish visits to virtual wish visits, which is a completely, you know, complete 180?
1: Right, well, I think you have to work a little harder to really get that connection. Um, But I have to say that it's not as difficult as I thought it was gonna be. You're still bringing this gift of make-a-wish to them, to the families. The families are extremely grateful. So, you know, the only disappointing thing is, you know, I love the personal contact. You know, that's what makes it so great, meeting the families. And I can't wait till we can do that again. But with that said, it wasn't such a terrible experience. I have to say, Zooming with the families was was definitely fun and you could make it enjoyable. And, and, you know, you still have the connection, but obviously nothing like, you know, being there.
0: Jamie, you know, tell me a little bit about working with some of our staff. I mean, I think one of the last times we saw each other was at Sharon's retirement party, you know, who was one of our wish coordinators for many years. You know, how right. was it working with her? Because you worked
1: on a lot of wishes, right? Right, Sharon was the sweetest, nicest person I think I've ever dealt with in any walk of life. She never got rattled. She was always a great listener and just always easy to deal with and made the whole process so smooth. Um, and And the chapter definitely misses having her around. And also she was a great example because she was a wish mom. So she had that perspective as well, which was, you know, added amazing. Absolutely. But I, the whole staff, in my opinion, is, is tremendous. It's really, what's great about the staff is I've seen it grown over the years to where you've tweaked it and really seem to have it perfected. Um, it gets better and better. The more we build and grow as a staff as well. Every single person I've dealt with you know, really has been just amazing to work with. Like when Sharon left, I was nervous. Who could take over this monumental role but somehow, you know, you guys figured it out and, and really came up with equally great people.
0: Um, so I would like to invite you to a, a segment we have here on the podcast. It's called Shooting Stars. So I'll just kind of throw out a few questions and we'll kind of go from there. What do you think? I'm ready. All right. So what is your favorite Make-Wish memory whether it's an event something with a staff member a wish that you worked on or just a general memory that you have of make Wish, what would you say is
1: like your top memory okay so i'm going to sound a little selfish here um and i don't know if you can see it there but if you look over my shoulder you see you can kind of see an avis plaque um, and make-a-wish was remarkably kind to me i was undeserving of this but Um, They allowed me to uh, throw out the first ball at a Yankee game. Um, And I actually got to go through the dugout, in the tunnel, on the field. And as I say, don't look at me as selfish. It is all about the kids. But this day was about me, and that was such a thrill. And I have this plaque in my office that stays here. Um, And that was really a special experience, thanks to you and everyone else at the office for, you know, Giving that to me, that was a great present.
0: Well deserved, and and being a Mets fan, I'm sure that was a, a little bit difficult for you a going painful. to Yankee Stadium.
1: It was a little <laughs> painful, but the thrill really overtook that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so,
0: you know, if you could give advice to someone that is listening in and is kind of against the fence on whether or not to, if they if this is the right charity for them to donate their time. You know, what would you say to them to kind of encourage them to dedicate their time to Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley?
1: Well, I would say um, it's, it's a much smoother transition than you think. You might think this is scary. I'm dealing with families that are going through a lot, but the families are the most uplifting people you could imagine dealing with. They're so happy to have you. They're so looking forward to making their child's life better that it's just a joyful experience. There's no downside, no negativity, just an uplifting spiritual experience when you're meeting these wish families. And when you see the difference you make in the wish child by granting these wishes, you can't ever think of anything that could be better than this. You're not looking to help them raise, you're not raising money, you're not doing anything at that point that's, that's a difficult thing to do. All you're doing is a joyful experience of granting wishes. So I would recommend it to everybody I know. That's
0: awesome. And if you could have a wish, what would it be? And for those listening in, we have five formal wish categories. They're to go, to meet, to have, to be, and to give. So out of those five formal wish categories, Jamie, which one would you want granted?
1: so that's a great question so this has to do i think with my longevity with the chapter and i would say it would be to have would be the category and i would love to have a party a big party of all my wish families and the kids and get them all together in a room so i could really like go over all the experiences that we had together that would be the ultimate wish for me
0: that is fantastic please make sure that i get an invite to that because i would love to see i will have you invited we will be on the guest list
1: (laughs) beautiful i love
0: it (laughs) in one word how would you describe make wish rewarding it's great to hear that it's still rewarding for you after you know all this time yeah it keeps getting better and better i have to say jamie man thank you so much you would like to share with our donors supporters about Make a Wish Hudson
1: Valley? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the most well run organization I could ever imagine dealing with. I mean, the office makes being a volunteer so smooth. Whether you're working an event or you're granting a wish or you're going to the office to help out or you're or you're participating in one of our our great uh, adventurous endeavors like the walkathon or the gala. Um, you couldn't think of a better organization to give money to, to want to be a part of, to want to interface with families. Um, it just, it's, as I said, I hate to go back to the selfish part, but it just makes you feel so great. Like you're, they're doing more for you, the families and the kids, than you're doing for them. That's always honestly how I looked at it. They make my life better by interfacing with them. Thank you. All right, my friend. All
0: right, brother. I will be in touch.
1: All right. right. be well. You too.
0: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Special thanks again to our friend, Jamie Barr, for sharing some chapter history with us and shining light on some of his most memorable experiences as a volunteer. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. And we also invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Let us know how we're doing and any questions you may want to add to our shooting star segment. We're always open to hearing what you guys have to say. Special thanks to our executive producers for the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf for helping me put the podcast together. Couldn't do it without their collaboration. And finally, from all of us here at the Wish House, thank you for joining us. Stay safe and stay healthy.